Hi everyone, I'm Liam and this is Words with Woman. Welcome to another episode with our guest, Polly Long. Polly is the founder of Women, Women in Management Networks, and sits on the advisory council in support of the core team. As a marketing and public relations professional, Polly thrives in the intersection between creative strategic planning and storytelling. Currently, she is in the midst of an exciting transition as she returns to work for Edelman next week as an account executive. In today's conversation, we will discuss women's growth and story with Polly. So join us for words of advice, words of wisdom on your bi-weekly podcast, Words with Women. Welcome back to Words with Women. For today's episode, uh, we have Polly. Thank you, Polly, for joining us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for having me, ladies. And we also have Lauren, who's back on the podcast again. Yeah, I'm so excited to be back on the podcast in 2021. Yay! I hope you had a chance, all of you, to rest. Uh, during these holidays and take some time, just some downtime. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, anyway, uh, happy new year once again, ladies. And, um, <laughs> it's great to have had a week and a bit just, uh, rest before heading back to work. So definitely. So this episode is a special one. It's not like the rest. We're celebrating women's anniversary. And given that you Ottawa is where everything started during your undergrad, can you take us back to your university days and how would you describe them? What a flashback. Uh, chaotic. That's what I would say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would really, you know what, if I were to say, if I were to call it in a better terms, obviously I would say it was a transformative process. But okay. uh, when I look back on it, but truly it was a messy time where I would say younger Polly screwed up a lot. But also learned a lot through those situations. Definitely. Um, and yeah, I would say that is what it was in a nutshell. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you've always been passionate about helping women in general. So how did the idea of founding women start? Yeah, the story has been told, honestly, countless times. So I won't rehash it to save people's eardrums. Um, but I'll say this. Uh, I... I think it really started from a realization and an mm-hmm. opportunity. So an opportunity to be surrounded by incredibly supportive women in the world of business um, mm-hmm. from an amazing job opportunity that I had in one of the summers and understanding okay. the potential that once we graduate and leave our little safety nest, that there is such a place to work at. But then also the realization that there are these eye-opener support networks, street smarts that need to be developed earlier that you think is so intuitive for women. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, for a lot of young women leaving, we're not, which is why we spend our first few years almost scrambling and going through our identity crisis and all of the above. So all of these things that focus on need to exist needed to happen while we are still preparing and readying ourselves for a very first career. Um, so that was really encompasses both. Yeah. I mean, we can see now how like women grew and how everything developed and actually a small confession from my side. Uh, (laughs) the reason why I joined women, it was because of you because I attended the launch party, uh, the first one. And I remember I saw you on the stage, like doing the speech and everything. And I was not even supposed to come. 
uh, to the launch party that day. I just, one of my friends told me, oh, just come, there's free drinks, like, why not? <laughs> <laughs> that is the biggest motivator, I will tell you that. <laughs> and literally, that's how I showed up. And then I was like, wait, I think I like this. And fast forward, that's how I applied for the next year to do it as a director. And here we are today. Oh, that is so good to hear, Rio. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Although cringe, I uh, I remember replaying my uh, speeches and looking at my lipstick choice, and both are those little things that you nitpick till this day. <laughs> but I'm I'm glad that was the purpose, right? To launch no, instead of fire for people. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 Thanks for sharing. And I can that. tell you, that's not what anyone remembers. No one remembers your lipstick choice. <laughs> I just remember how fun it was and it being inspiring. So no yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I literally remember yeah. where everyone stopped and then you, I don't know who was on the stage as well, but it was like uh, two people on the stage and we were talking about women and how uh, this club would drive like a lot of passionate women, give them support and mentor them and everything. And that resonated with me a lot. So then I went home and I was like, did my research and I asked my friend more about it. So then, as I said, like I joined later on. That was what I needed and <laughs> I wanted. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I remember I joined... I was in first year and I was in another club at Telfer and I didn't feel like I really belonged, I guess, whether it's because I was in finance at the time and I was a female, especially like a younger, like first year female. I don't really know where it came from, but then I found like a sense of belonging almost in women. Do you think that Telfer needed that presence of women as a networker club for students like me? I mean, if I were to take a step back, I don't think it's just Telfer, right? I think mm-hmm. any place you go. Um, whether it be like a company or organization, uh, educational institution, events even, there's always, you find now, right, that there, there should be, and there is for many places, um, something that's focused on the betterment of women. So you go to a company now and they have their networks, right? So they have things dedicated to women, to people of color, to LGBTQ. So that in and of itself, a place, a safe space for people that where they can identify and find like-minded people and mm-hmm. f- be able to grow alongside these people, that's important. However, mm-hmm. if I uh, answer your specific question, yes. So uh, going back to that, like re- opportunity and realization, right? So it, it was a realization that we focused, like what you were saying, like you joined the marketing thing. It was so much focus on specializations, on what year you're in, on business-related issues. Mm-hmm. So Clubs and events, you know, catered to people in marketing, to HR, to finance. There was like general guidance for students, um, for new students. And there was mentorship programs for student leaders. But none of that focused on specific growth opportunities um, and potential for young women itself. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, we often talk about how women need an extra boost to ensure that they're set up for success in the world, yeah, world of business, not like oh, we need to be handheld for everything. Rather, what's interesting um, is that this is something that was so important for um, the deans, the vice deans, all of these people on the upper boards. They had diversity strategic initiatives or plans to do that, but none mm-hmm. of it was ever executed. So that in and of itself is real. the realization that, yeah, our realities are different from men. So, and sometimes our whether you're talking about the glass ceilings or even sometimes we have our own intrinsic ways of dealing with situations that we don't realize hold us back, right? Yeah. Um, like one of the things I said in my speech, right? 60 men apply when they feel 60% ready. Women apply yeah. when they're 100. We hear that so often. Um, so these are these things, right? That I feel um, like there wasn't any 
staying focused on the actual betterment of these issues that are specific. Yes, mm-hmm. men might have similar issues, but women often enough already are very competitive. And then in the world of business, even worse, having a safe space that they could work on these together and bring them into the limelight. Yeah. For lack of better words. I think that was my realization post that opportunity. Um, and what we really needed to create more of a presence on. Right. Yeah. So definitely. Did you feel that, um, did these like obstacles or did you feel any, did you face any obstacles or resistance from the school or students or was it like more of a smooth transition and launch of the, the network? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to say it was an intense uphill battle and uh, this uh, this entire story to get to where we were, right? But honestly, no. <laughs> there was uh, there was huge, honestly, there was huge support from all corners. And I think that's why the growth was as fast as it was, right? So, yeah. I mean, big apprehension and confusion for, from our male counterparts. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, you'll yeah. always get that anywhere. Um, you go unless, you know, you're working actually for certain organizations that are, yeah, what's a better word, intrinsically like celebratory of diversity, um, which I've been lucky to have worked at and am working at. But, you know, th- this was a situation that was more of like a, uh, I can't believe we have something like this. Amazing yeah. for people actually still at Telfer, like, you know, both yeah. of you ladies and a, I wish this was something we had for alumni. So I think it was that realization of that. And what I mentioned as well, right, just in conversations with vice deans and deans in the career center, amazing woman and all of these um, key players in the Telford community, all of them saw this as a priority and an untapped area that needed to be addressed. So they just really needed to have someone do the work. So if they're going to have someone do the work for them and for much less than what they probably invest, fantastic. That's definitely great to hear. And I can see it myself just from the first year till now. I can see that uh, there is more acceptance of the idea, more support. Like uh, if we compare first year or second year to now, more people are coming to women, want to make partnerships. Uh, they're reaching out. I want to make like, um, events together and these things I didn't really notice them at first so I think this is like a positive uh, thing to look at and just see how we grew from from the start till now right totally yeah um, I'm with you there so um what do you think makes women unique and sets it apart from other initiatives oh that's a great question um you know what I think I approached this in a way that I wanted to look at the issues that existed um, rather than just try and copy the status quo of what is out there. You know that these XYZ things could work. However, I didn't want to copy that. I wanted something mm-hmm. that was very much differentiated. And I think it was it's something like what you said, Lauren, right? You joined other networks and you felt like you were just this first year that felt really awkward. You weren't really sure where you fit in. And I think that was that realization for me. I wanted to be in a space that, um, where people joined and they would park their egos at the door. There was no drama, no BS. And yeah. it was something that people could join. Obviously, young women, um, could go be in a safe space, 
actually get into a trial and error type of learning basis. You know, they are passionate about bettering themselves. They're passionate about bettering other young women. Um, but at that same point, they are able to um, take their ideas and actually try them instead of always. I think this is what we're taught to do, right? We're always taking and listening to people and doing. We're given a test, we do it. We're given an assignment, we do it. We don't get too much opportunity to just try what we want to do and see how, what the end goal is like. So that's yeah. what I wanted for people. And that's what um, that vision I wanted to keep alive within women is that don't copy what I did this the first year. Do yeah. it your own way. If you thought that didn't work well, Try it out and see your, try your ideas out, see how it's like, take what works and see what's needed the next year. Cause every year is different and make that magic happen. I think that's why, from what I'm hearing at least, yeah, that woman has become like a well-oiled machine. Um, I think because it, that culture was built um, and that spark was built in people um, where they believed they could uh, and they did by yeah. accomplishing, you know, what, whatever passions they had joining women. Looking back, what did you learn, like, through this journey? And what did you learn through creating women? What did I <laughs> learn? Um, that's a fantastic question as well. I think there's two parts. I think first off, there is culture is always the first and foremost, and most important. Um, if you aren't caring about fostering a culture within wherever you're working at, where you don't actually get people and they're not, there's no buy-in for them to stay. That's why there's a lot of organizations you see high turnover, you see, um, you know, unhappy sentiment because people don't feel like they are contributing to something each and every day. So I think that's my um, biggest learning of starting woman. Yeah. I want, seen it in other organizations I've joined in the past where that was not my focus. I didn't know I learned. And that was something I applied within women where I was like, this needs to happen first and foremost, that is mm -hmm. priority. And I think secondly, my biggest um, lesson is active listening and being open to that. I think a lot of people yet again, they're afraid to share their ideas or they look at me, they're like, oh, they can't talk to someone uh, like me because I founded the organization. But I think it's more so, yes, it's easier said than done. Oh, park your ego at the door. You know, that's fine. But it's intrinsic, right? People are, it's almost like an internal thing that they're a little bit big, afraid to talk to people um, they think aren't exactly same status or whatever as them. So I think the most crucial thing for me during the woman was to always take that time. Um, and I think this is best case practice for anyone when they're growing in their careers to take that time for people that aren't exactly like you and sit down for them with, for coffee and be able to listen to them, their ideas, their stories. Cause sometimes you may able, to, you might be able to pick something out that was a brilliant idea that they had, but because you, they were a little bit shy, yeah. being shy doesn't mean you're any less brilliant. Um, that they didn't share it out. So I think that was a big thing for me as well, that these are the golden opportunities that you need to take more time for. I think we can see it like um, with women right now as well, like with our group, like it's a pretty big team and we have like very diverse talent and um, students from like first year to fourth year. And we can see the, the, the diversity of the ideas and what they bring to the table. 
And just like their growth from uh, when they joined in September all the way till just right now, like December. Um, and Lauren can attest to that. Like if you remember at the beginning of uh, the semester when we have meetings, not a lot of people are talking, but then everyone kind of felt more comfortable and they felt this is a safe environment for them to bring their own ideas and, um, and talk about them and make them happen. And now we, we almost cut each other off because everyone yeah. shares their <laughs> ideas and talk to, to each other. Um, and it's definitely something wonderful to have. I think the culture and the vision is definitely still alive within women since it was founded till now. That is what I set out to build and that's amazing to hear. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. So, uh, when you finished your undergrad and you had to hand off women to the next generation, to the next team, was it hard for you to do that? Like, I'm pretty sure it would be like a mix of emotions. Just, I'm thinking right now I'm almost graduated. So this is my last semester and it makes me a little bit emotional to think of. I wouldn't really be part of women like in my day-to-day life. So how was it for you? Brutal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was it hard? Totally. Uh, because it's, it's, I think it's the same for any business, right? It's a bittersweet, what, like what you said. And, um, yeah, when it's your, almost your baby that you've built from yeah. the ground up and, um, you see that it's, and I will full disclosure tell you that back in the day, I was a total micromanager. Although when I started woman, I became less so because it was more of the empowerment. But having that like control and certainty around, you know, where that baby I built and the vision it goes towards, it is headed towards, that was hard to part with. Totally. Yeah. Because I, I'm like, okay, I want to make sure that XYZ of the envision that I'm instilled is there and wanting wholeheartedly to check in every day and be like, how's that going? But, there's that importance that goes back to the culture I've instilled, right? Of it needs to be an empowerment. So, and everyone that I had deep conversations before they joined the network that I, you know, persuaded because I saw their compassion and their brilliance, um, that joined the first generations and the second generation before I left. Um, Oh, they're brilliant people. And you always, the best case practice or what people always say, right? Always hire people that are almost smarter than you. And I knew yeah. that I was leaving it in very, very capable hands. Um, so there, of course, was that nervousness when I was leaving. But I knew that also by the time I left, my reality will become different. And the purpose of Women to Grow is that it's not, we're not doing the same thing every year, like I've mentioned before. It is about Every year, people are able to understand their own realities, what matters to them and the amazing young woman around them, and be able to, yet again, trial and error, create something amazing out of that. So that was why I was a little bit less nervous and more excited um, to then hand it off to the next generations just to see how much they grow from that. And I think that's mm-hmm. the power of it, um, seeing how far we've gotten from how amazing um, these people were um, and are within women. So, yeah. I always believe that um, how to measure your success at managing something, a team or anything that you do is how well the next team after you is doing, because that will give you kind of, um, I don't know, like an overview, how your legacy, like whatever you did was or still is within the team. So whenever I'm part of a team or I'm doing a project, I always wait to see how the next team or the next person after me will do. Then I will feel satisfied with whatever I did or whatever I did not do. 
No, that's, yeah, I love that. And I think that's totally true. Um, so thank you for sharing that. So um, after you left women, do you feel that it impacted your life post-graduation? Did it benefit you in your um, work days, daily life? Yeah, I will say this. I think, or no, I strongly believe that passion fuels character, meaning that the reason why people hire someone at the end of the day is because, well, of course, many people are brilliant, but they actually have a story. They have a purpose. And I think that's the most key thing. Why are you there? Why do you want the role? Um, so I think that fueled a lot in defining the direction I wanted to go in, the companies I wanted to work for, the people I wanted to interact with daily, because I knew my passion, obviously, surrounding women, but also the values that were created around that and how that also resonated strongly with me, right? Obviously, I want to create women with values that got conflicted for mine and a lot of young women. Um, so when I left, um, looking for a new job, I was obviously always on the hunt. Is there an amazing, you know, woman's initiative within that company that I can start? Is there something I can feel more of? Um, are there like-minded women like mine that I could ask to become a mentor? Um, all of these things. So I think it lighted a spark within me of what I valued and what I wanted to look forwards to when I left. Mm -hmm. Left a piece of myself, obviously, back at woman, but a big realization of what are these new um, passions of mine that I wanted to keep going um, after I graduated. So, yeah. This year, well, I guess this past year, 2020, has brought a lot of challenges and opportunities to women with COVID-19 and going virtual. Um, what was 2020 like for you? It's weird, but I'd have to say I find a lot of gratitude when I look back at 2020, which is not what a lot of people will say about 2020, right? Yeah. Um, honestly, is a situation where I know how fortunate and lucky I was compared to um, other people. And so I don't take it lightly at all, but I yeah. really was met with um, a year of opportunity and growth. It was honestly a year where I needed uh, the lull, the comfort and healing. Um, won't dive into so much of it, but obviously for um, both of you, if you don't know, and for the listeners, um, 2019 New Year's Eve was when I actually lost my mother to cancer. So for me, it was a big year where, you know what, and also I did a complete career shift, slight one, um, into the world of PR with no PR degree, but I knew where my passions were. So this was a year actually for me that um, was a lot of rediscovery and learning, um, but a lot of growth from that. And I'm actually starting um, a new job in, well, whenever this comes out, it should be the next week after. Um, which will be super exciting. So when I look back at 2020, it really was um, one that I find a lot of appreciation for just from how much I've grown and learned and rediscovered. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And um, I'm so sorry for your loss. I think it's um, it's very brave of you to approach all these events uh, uh, from a place of gratitude and uh uh, to see them as an opportunity for growth as well. And congratulations on your job. And 
um, I truly applaud you for your strength through um, through everything, basically. I mean, I think everyone's favorite word now is resiliency. It's almost beyond that buzzword that everyone's sick of, but I think it's so crucial for, it's almost like a test for everyone to see um, how much they're able to see the silver linings and everything, right? And I think for me, if I were to um, completely jump back into the chaos of every day and whatnot, it's a lot. So I think it's the appreciation that, you know what, this dwell is a moment for people to take time for themselves and realize a lot of new things that they didn't know before. So I think that is the silver lining. I hope a lot of people realized in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a wonderful way to see it as well. So um, as someone who witnessed like women's growth since the beginning all the way to now, and I know we t- kind of touched on this before, but do you think women now reflect and fulfill this purpose? Totally. I think I'm not one to also judge in terms of purpose because it's an ever-changing thing i think the initial vision and culture the culture as you mentioned is still there amazing the job's been done um we have amazing people that are um, not fueled by ego and all of that stuff that are here to help other young women that's all i wanted um and i've seen it grow in so many different ways that are different from what I created, but amazing all in and of itself. This podcast, your babies, and you have, uh, this is going to be episode 12 now. So it's amazing, right? Yeah. People taking what they want to try um, within the confines of women and doing it. So I've seen that happen. And on the flip side, um, I'm not in the day to day, which um, doesn't give me the privilege to interact with most of the amazing young women that are still in it, but being a, a part of the mentorship program that we've run is an amazing way for me to get into the deeper conversations and just see the willingness to grow and learn in so many of these young women. So I think that is a privilege for me to be able to um, participate in. Um, and yeah, it just gives me that behind the scenes look that that culture is still real and alive and that we have new generations of women each and every year that are making it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the woman develop, it gives me comfort as well, just knowing that I can be part of it and like a piece of me will be part of women next year. So it's, it's something to look forward to after we're done, like our, our semester this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the most important part. I think if you're passionate about something, it should never die. And if you're an alumni, I want people, well, we see this from this mentorship program, alumni, the alumni are very hands-on and passionate and participatory. Um, And I think that is the part of the culture that it doesn't die and it transcends even if you leave uh, Telfer and move onwards with your life. And going even deeper here, for our last question before I wrap it three, two, one. If you have a message to the future woman members, what would the message be? I think I've mentioned this already, but it really is about, it's so much easier said than done of not being afraid. But I think it's more so you have an idea, try it. Um, mm-hmm. If you think something's going to work better or you have a deep passion to, see something through, 
woman is a platform to do so. I think that is a place where you can be like, I have um, this entire creative idea that I want to see through from beginning to end. And here are my thoughts. You have an entire network of people that are willing to support you through that um, and make that dream happen for you. So I think that is the magic of it. And that's where I invite future women members to join and feel and experience that magic firsthand. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And now we're going to move to the rapid three, two, one, which is the last section of uh, the podcast. So we will have three questions. Each question, the first question will have um, a three word answer. The second one will have a two word answer. And the last question will have a one word answer. So to start off uh, for the first question, what are the three values that got you where you are today? Curiosity, Mm -hmm. compassion, and growth in the sense of a growth mindset. But I'll keep it at those three words. Perfect. Um, And for the second question, what are the two things that make you feel motivated and inspired? So if you have to pick two things that keep you grounded or things that you look at in tough days, um, what would they be? The first one is the power of yet and what's to come. That isn't always an excitement for me. And I think that it goes back to my value, the curiosity of knowledge and learning, being able to learn as much as you can and then how future me will apply those learnings. Um, And I think those two uh, things come together beautifully for me. I love the power of yet to come. And I think it's very applicable to uh, 2020, 21, like how to stay, stay strong and keep going and hope for the best. Um, yeah. You know what? I will add one more thing here. Uh, there was a event, women's empowerment event that I joined um, when I was still running women um, for International Women's Day. And it was actually a big learning actually from one of the speakers. She said for anything that you see as a dream or you want to do, apply yet to the end of every sentence. You know, I haven't done this yet. Um, I am not good enough yet. You know, it's just a big learning then that it is not finite and there is always that opportunity and potential. So I think that is my favorite word. I love that. Guess it will be my favorite word too now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for sharing. And for the last question, what is one skill that you think is important in all aspects of life? Active listening. Very important, especially in today's time. You think we're at home or whatnot. Things are going to be better. Everyone's surrounded by devices and people now can tune into things and type away at the same time. So I think that is an even more crucial skill that everyone should work on these days because you know what? Active listening does not come easy to everyone. And it is very, very, I think, character defining when you meet someone, you see how into the conversation and actually active listening um, if they're actually doing that. So I think that is a very crucial skill. Thank you so much for joining us, Polly. This was fun. This was a wonderful episode. And uh, thank you. 
Thank you for having me. And I'm so excited for 2021 and to see what magic woman is going to go yeah. through.